0: Hello and welcome to Indians on Deck, the Let's Go Tribe Prospect podcast. I am Matt Schlichting, and as always, we are here with Brian Hemminger. Brian, what's good?
1: Uh, what's good is Bobby Bradley's power. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Very happy to be seeing that. So keep it up, Bobby.
0: Well, we'll kick things off right away here, as always, with a roundup of the top 10 prospects in the system. And we
1: have exciting news to start us off. What is it? There has been a Tristan McKenzie sighting. Yes. After no news since April 11th, uh, Todd Paquette, uh, or he is at Indians Pro on Twitter, posted a video of McKenzie looking as skinny as ever, but... (laughs) <laughs> winging a face a, a baseball play and catch uh in arizona at extended spring training so there is a he there lives. has been a tristan mckenzie sighting he looks healthy uh he could probably you know eat a cheeseburger but other than that he looked okay so hopefully we can hear more about him in his rehab and everything is alive he's allowed to touch a baseball that's that's always good news. We're going to be making jokes about touching a baseball probably the rest of the season. <laughs> yes, yes, we
0: are. It's just too silly a line <laughs> not to, especially because with Clevenger, it turned out to like not really yeah. even be and true. Then they put him on
1: the sixty day DL, and he probably could have been activated early, and at least you know maybe a little extra time will be good for him.
0: They did, I think, what I do in out of the park baseball when I get pissed and I'm just like you know what day to day. 60-day 60 60 day DL. Doesn't matter. I'm
1: done. I need that extra roster spot. <laughs> uh, moving on, Nolan Jones. Interesting week.
0: Yep. So we're looking at a five-game slate for the week with a 200, 400, 200 <laughs> slash line.
1: Yeah. Two. Yeah. 200, 400, 200. You don't see that very often. That is a very unique uh, slash line. But hey, 400 on base percentage. He is still getting on base at a ridiculous rate, uh, even though this week he, I think he went like, only had three hits in 15 at-bats, but he did have five walks and all his hits were singles. But on the bright side, it's not included in our weekly stats, but today he went three for three with a triple and a double and two walks. I think he is still hunting for his first home run for the season, which is just I cannot comprehend this after he hit almost 20 last year, but he is still hunting for that first home run. But it's a very good sign to see him making hard contact today and going fi- uh, getting on base all five times. That's always great.
0: Would have been sweet to see him hit the first today to finish the cycle, but you're always going to take two extra base hits, two walks in a single. <laughs> uh,
1: then we had Tyler Freeman, and Freeman had a very nice week. He had a three in six games. He had a 304. Batting average with a 385 on base percentage and 565 slugging percentage, thanks to a home run, three doubles. He was hit by a pitch and walked twice, and he only struck out once. Uh, that is a typical Tyler Freeman line. That's, that's the type of line you can expect to see out of a Tyler Freeman for like a whole season. Maybe not consistently hitting a home run every week, but a bunch of doubles, getting on base making solid contact and not striking out. So that is a perfect Tyler Freeman line.
0: I'm only getting more excited about him as time (laughs) goes on. He's so
1: good. He's so good. Unfortunately, he's still probably about two years away.
0: The fourth player that we've got is Bo Naylor, who continues to be a little bit of a disappointment. Yeah,
1: I mean, we know we knew that Bo getting uh, that Aggressive promotion. I mean, I was really excited for it, but it's not panning out right now. I mean, I keep waiting for him to turn the corner, and this week he had his worst week yet. He had one hit the whole week in four games. So his slash line is 077, 176, 077. On the bright side, he only struck out twice uh, and he had two walks. So he walked as much as he struck out, but I mean, he's just not seeing the ball really well, at least in terms of making good contact and getting hits. He really hasn't had a good week yet all season, and he's betting below 200 right now.
0: At what point, when someone's struggling this much, uh, do you consider moving them back
1: down? I mean, if it's a complete dumpster fire, like uh, Brady Aiken was in his first couple appearances, yes. But I think Valera, they're just going to let him grind through it. I think, especially because they've been dealing with some injuries to the the catching position. Uh, There's been a lot of so Naylor is going to continue to to see uh, a lot of starts, hopefully soon. You just got to be patient and hope that, uh, you know, a lot of those good tools that we have that we've seen and the great performance that he had last year last year in Arizona starts to to shine through. But again, got to remember patience with him. Very aggressive promotion. He's the only player from the Indians uh, high school uh, prospects from last year that was given a full season stint in uh, Lake County to start the year. Then next up, we had George Valera. There was a sighting of George Valera as well, which is great. Uh, Todd Pickett, again, posting a video of him taking a batting practice and just crushing some baseballs with that beautiful swing of his. And he also reported that his knee looks good. And if he didn't know, uh, Valera was having a like a little bit of a knee issue in uh, the spring training time. And that's actually what possibly prevented him from getting a from starting the year at Single Lake Lake County. Mm -hmm. So he is looking great, though, Uh, looks healthy. And I expect we'll be seeing him in June.
0: I'm really excited to see him take the field finally.
1: And then Bobby Bradley, have yourself a week. So we mentioned it earlier, but I'll let you take this one away.
0: He played in five games, slashing 455, 478, 1000. And that was courtesy of three home runs and three doubles with a walk thrown in there, too. That'll play.
1: That will definitely play. Way to go, Bobby Bradley. Monster week. He had two home runs, yes, uh, two days ago, I think. Uh, But I mean, he's just... Seeing the ball really well. And one of those home runs was one of the longest home runs in the history of the the ballpark in Columbus.
0: Really? Literally went. Did he hit like the Bob Evans building back there or something?
1: It went over the batter's eye in center field, (laughs) out of the park. (laughs) Oh, that's
0: (laughs) crushing. So, I mean, he
1: absolutely hammered it. I mean, it had to be at least 450, probably way more than that. So, I mean, just I've, obliterated.
0: That is a shot.
1: And and then the announcers immediately were like, that's one of the longest home runs we've ever seen. So, go Bobby Bradley. Because sometimes people are like, you know, the Calippers ballpark, it's a home run park, that's a hitter's park. But you hit one over the batter's eye in center field, that has nothing to do with it being a, a hitter's park. That yeah, is Yeah, that's crushed. a bomb anywhere. Yeah, exactly. So keep it up, Bobby Bradley. And with uh, the Indian struggles on offense, we could be seeing him very soon, especially if Bowers is used in first base. We can have Bobby Bradley playing a little first base and maybe uh, DHing a little bit too. Our next man on the list is
0: Brian Rocchio,
1: who? No sightings. Yep. So just wait for him uh, in June. He'll be at Mahoning Valley.
0: And the next up is Luis Oviedo.
1: Obviously, as you remembered last week, it was Oh No, Oviedo was the title of the podcast. And this one should be Huzzah, Oviedo, (laughs) because he had two starts. The first one, he went six innings and gave up one run and struck out five. And then the next start, he went six shutout innings and struck out nine. So way to go, Luis Oviedo. I mean, literally, this guy has been feast or famine with the two starts that were probably two of the worst starts in the history of ever. His other starts combined, I think he's given up maybe one run or two runs total in his other four or five starts. I mean, I he wonder is. If- he, yeah. I've never seen a pitcher be that good and that bad, only. <laughs> There is no middle ground with Luis Oviedo. But this week, he was by far the best pitcher in the Indian system. Uh, he was a beast.
0: If it keeps swinging like that, the pendulum going further and further in each direction, maybe <laughs> oh, he'll God. get to the point where he like throws a perfect game, does not get any out, and gives up nine runs. Perfect game, seven runs, perfect mm-hmm. game. So I, That's actually a fun question. Would you take a starting pitcher who would throw... I mean, let's say 30 starts, 15 perfect games, and then 15 where you don't even like you come up to bat for the first time and you're
1: down eight. <laughs> well, I would take that because if you knew that was going to happen, like say he walks Fair. the first guy, you <laughs> yank him. <laughs> it's like, like, oh, he's not day. throwing a, he's not, he's a bad one today. <laughs> so, worst case, you're down like one. But yeah, great job Luis Oviedo. I'm so happy that he had a great week and I hope that he can keep it up. I mean, I have he's literally the definition of Jackal and Hyde, though. It, I've never <laughs> seen a pitcher more more like that should be his nickname, Jackal and Hyde Oviedo. The
0: ninth player in our top 10 is Ethan Hankins, who we're still waiting for news or sightings or information of while we await for that season to start. Nothing on Hankins,
1: but we did have a Sam Henkes sighting in number 10. Tell us all about it, Matt.
0: Six innings pitched with two hits and no earned runs, which is, I think, by far his best (laughs) start of the year for results at this point.
1: Uh, Significantly. I mean, you can't have asked for a better well you can't ask for a better performance because he walked five batters right (laughs) so the control issues are still there and that's why I didn't put him in my five best for the week I mean you can't you walk five batters you're that's there's still something wrong Uh, I mean his walks per nine innings is somewhere around six or seven right now which is just not going to cut it but it was great to see him go out there and keep runs off the board and he did have seven strikeouts so the strikeout rate's still looking good come on sam get those walks down man it just seems like every start he's either getting pounded for staying too much in the zone or he's walking way too many but i guess he was effectively wild this last game
0: yeah there's kind of shades of young trevor bauer in in a way or recent trevor Bauer. oh that too (laughs) So that rounds up our top 10 for the week. And so we move along to the, or that's top 10 in the system. Now we move on to the five best from anywhere in the system from the last week. So who do we got first?
1: First one is Zach Draper. I believe he is with uh, Lynchburg. I should probably double check that actually. Um, But he had, actually I believe he's with uh, Lake County, but he had a great week. Uh, The first He made two appearances out of the bullpen, uh, or maybe one of them was a start, but the other was a bullpen appearance. Uh, The first was five innings, shutout innings. The other was three shutout innings. The three shutout innings was particularly impressive because he struck out seven batters during those three innings. Overall, he went two games, two appearances, eight innings pitched, no earned runs, 12 strikeouts. So monster. That's one and a half strikeouts per nine innings or per inning, a total of 18.27, so that is great. It's an excellent week. Yeah, that is a very, very
0: good week. Our number two man for the week, James Karinchak, who got himself a promotion and decided not to stop kicking ass.
1: Yeah, uh, he had made two appearances in Columbus and made pitched two innings total and struck out all six of his outs. So... He is just still mowing them down. There is, we we've talked about it. Somebody brought it up in uh, one of the comment threads on one of the minor league recap posts on Let's Go Tribe. We have never seen a player, like, strike people out at this rate, this consistently. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, he's, he's striking out more, I think, about 22 per nine innings right now. <laughs>
0: I'm excited that he's up at he's up at triple now. So we're going to mm-hmm. get, I think, a lot more video to see like how he's doing it uh, specifically yeah. with
1: high velocity. He's he's hitting 98 and he also has a pretty filthy breaking pitch. I mean, it's it. I think he's a two pitch guy. Uh, and, but both pitches are nasty, tough to hit, and he also has a, de- a deceptive delivery where batters aren't picking up on the ball very well. I think my favorite thing about Karen Check is if you watch him when he gets that third out to end the inning, and it, if it's a strikeout, I mean, he is, oh yeah, like just nah. big pump, <laughs> real emotion out there on the every time. So if you have M, uh, ilb.tv TV, where you can watch games online and stuff. Go find a game where James Karinchak pitched for Double A AA or Triple A, and watch his appearance, and then watch that third out. And he's just, oh yeah, take that, the man! Like, <laughs> I can't wait to see this guy in, Colum- in uh, Cleveland.
0: As frustrated as I am at the cult of the closer, I would love to see him celebrate the third out of like an April game and just go honk <laughs> on everybody.
1: Oh, it's going to be great. And then uh, Luis Oviedo, we already mentioned, had a great week. So congratulations, Luis, for a huge Mm -hmm. bounce-back performance. Bobby Bradley, who we also mentioned, had another, obviously, huge week. Uh, I didn't mention, though, out of those great stats, and I love, my favorite thing to do when I post about somebody having a good week, is putting that, extra digit in front of the decimal point for a slugging percentage <laughs> It is. it just <laughs> makes me feel so good <laughs> yep. when somebody has a slugging percentage over a thousand so thank you bobby bradley for making my week and then we actually number five is a name you may have known from spring training yep trace
0: thompson
1: the brother of clay thompson
0: And hopefully now that he's in our system, that doesn't end up being the thing that people only remember (laughs) him for. But 458, 519, 917, two dingers, two triples, a double, three walks and a stolen base.
1: Yeah, have yourself a weak Trace Thompson. So, I mean, if he's going to take up space in AAA, he might as well contribute. And I mean, he Mm -hmm. has not really hit very well throughout the season, but he hit very well this past. So good job, Trace.
0: What position? Is he an outfielder? Is he a second baseman? He's
1: an outfielder. Okay. So, I mean, if he can, and he's got major league experience. I mean, his thing was he had a bunch of injuries and then they really slowed down his, uh, or they really affected his performance offensively. He just couldn't Mm -hmm. hit anymore after he had uh, injuries the past few seasons. But if he's healthy and he's hitting really well, maybe he could help the Indians too. So uh, I know that he's not the long-term solution, but with the trouble they've been having in the outfield... It wouldn't hurt to have a few extra uh, people to to get opportunities.
0: Yeah, at this point, I would be okay with someone coming up and doing like an extended Jerry Sands. (laughs) (laughs) We get five amazing games from them, and that's it. But it's enough because we can just cycle through those guys.
1: I was at the Jerry Jerry game. yes (laughs) (laughs) it was against david price i think and the indians could never hit david price but jerry sands was a right-handed bat showed no fear and just every time he came up he was just blasting the ball and jerry jerry i've never seen anything like it it was so sweet i
0: think that's my favorite mostly irrelevant game in indians history
1: Yeah, I mean, some guy that was just a complete unknown to become a hero in one day, and he didn't even hit like a walk off or anything. It was just he was just the only guy that was not sucking against David Price. All right, mm-hmm. now moving on to uh, transactions in the minor league system. First off, injuries. Mitch Longo was uh, outfielder was placed on the seven day IL in Double A. If I know what the injury is, I'll make sure to mention it. High A Lynchburg, Dylan Persinger, an infielder. He was placed on the seven-day injured list with a left ankle injury. And then at Single A Lake County, Uh, Pitcher Alex Royalty was placed on the seven day injured list and pitcher Jake Meadnick also was placed on the seven day injured list. So those were the four uh, injuries as far as I was aware of this week. Uh, But in terms of activations from the injured list and promotions, it was a very busy week.
0: Yeah, some exciting stuff here, too.
1: Adam Pletko, uh, who obviously had a decent season last year as a fill-in sixth starter for the Indians. He was finally activated to start the season. Did not go well. I don't know if you've heard about this. Pitched one-third of an inning and gave up five runs and threw 35 pitches. Well, so he had, he, uh, welcome
0: back, I guess. Cody
1: Anderson beat him. <laughs> oh. So that's not good. So the people hoping that Adam Pletko is the solution – uh, he, he has a few Kings to work out. Uh, a veteran arm, James Hoyt also was activated from what I heard. He looked great in uh, his rehab at extended spring training. So, uh, he will also be pitching for Columbus. And then as we mentioned earlier, James Karen was promoted to Columbus and obviously he had a great week and was, uh, on our top five for the week. Tyler Krieger, who was in Columbus temporarily, uh, with all those activations and promotions to Columbus, he was sent back down to Akron, uh, also because of uh, Longo's injury. So, uh, and then, but another good promotion, Eli Morgan, who we have been hyping up and have who has been having a great season at High A Lynchburg, where he was repeating uh, from that he spent about three fourths of his last season. Uh, at Lynchburg so he was promoted from Lynchburg to Akron so way to go Eli well-deserved promotion what was hilarious was the promotion happened after his worst start of the season where he gave up three runs in five and two-thirds innings
0: which I mean that's still not not bad bad. at all exactly
1: not a bad start but just funny that he finally got knocked around a little bit and then they're like hey come on up (laughs) Um, and then Kyle Nelson who has been the closer over in Lynchburg, and you have been keeping an eye on uh, Matt, he was promoted Indeed. when uh, Karen check was promoted from the bullpen in Akron to Columbus. Kyle Nelson, left-handed flamethrower with a huge strikeout rate and also has not given up a run this season, was promoted from Lynchburg to Akron. So two extremely well-deserved bullpen promotions.
0: And that's kind of nice when one sometimes a guy gets promoted and you sort of look down the bench and it's like, I guess this guy's next. And in this case, both of them are definitely deserving. So it's nice to see that. And
1: then Jason Rodriguez, a catcher was uh, added to Lynchburg from extended spring training. Uh, Dakota Clemmer bullpen guy who's been pretty good uh, was promoted from Lake County to Lynchburg, I believe kind of to fill in a bullpen spot after Nelson went to Akron Mm -hmm. and uh Luis Araujo uh another uh kind of a I think this guy is more of a piggyback or also a occasional starter uh out of the Central America area he is a right-handed pitcher he was promoted to Lake County from Extended Spring so I think he might take the spot of like Alex Royalty in the rotation over there And then Marcos Gonzalez, who is a shortstop slash third baseman right now, was activated in Lake County from the injured list. And that is all of the transactions for the week. So a busy week and some well-deserved promotions. Let's move on. We've got to still need a name for our outside the top 10 uh, prospect tracker.
0: And we'll get it. We will. But for now, it's... um, Yeah. I can't even think of a fake name to throw in here this week, so we'll just jump right into it. Will Benson and Kyle Nelson are the two players that I've been following. Uh, Will Benson has been disappointing since we started. Since that four homer
1: game. Yeah,
0: which that's the moment I was like, yeah, he's having a great year. Let me follow him. He's hitting 136, 208, 227 with four doubles, four walks, and 19. Teen strikeouts in 48 plate appearances so yeah oops <laughs> sorry will <laughs> and then kyle nelson fortunately has been fantastic earned that promotion since we started tracking him uh right before the end of april four and a third innings pitched with four strikeouts no hits no walks no earned runs and a save along the way delightful
1: what about your guys brian Oscar Mercado has not been particularly great recently. Uh, He was on fire at the time, and I was demanding his call-up. But since we've been tracking him, uh, he is batting 196 with a couple home runs, 11 strikeouts, six stolen bases, and a couple doubles. So not exactly tearing the cover off the ball, but he did hit a home run yesterday, which was nice. Um, And then Raymond Burgos, uh, so far in two starts since we've been tracking him. He's gone nine total innings pitched with uh, 10 hits and three walks, uh, but only given up two runs and has struck out nine. So he's he's been effective. His last start, uh, he pitched four shutout innings. So it's not like they're really stretching him out yet, but he's been good. And as a left-handed starter, uh, coming off of Tommy John surgery, that's always nice to see. Is uh, a player put out good performances consistently. So, the the whip hasn't been amazing, but he's keeping runs off the board and still striking guys out. So keep it up, Raymond Burgos. You are that little diamond in the rough that people don't know about yet. But I still I believe in you.
0: Yeah. I- Definitely. I know even before we had singled him out initially for this, like before, actually, I think before we started the first podcast, you mentioned that he was a guy to keep an eye on. So you said similar things in the past about a gentleman such as Jane, Shane Bieber. So not putting your track record on the line or anything, but just letting listeners know usually. Yeah, it is. So we finally come to some listener questions that came in earlier today. We always put a question up on Twitter asking you guys for any questions you have about prospects or happenings in the minor league from the week. The first one comes from Scott Brady. He said, assuming that the team looks to the farm to try and help out the offense, my guess would be that Bobby Bradley's second on the potential list after Mercado. What he wanted to know is Has Bradley ever seen time in a corner outfield spot or is he strictly first baseman DH?
1: Um, as far as I know, Bobby Bradley has only ever uh, played first base and DH. And honestly, even if he did corner outfield, do you really want another left handed hitting outfielder? So uh, we're
0: trying to corner the market. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so, I mean, I will say this Bobby gets a little bit of a knock for his uh, not being a great defender but I think he's a pretty good first uh, defender of first base he's flexible I've seen him practically do the splits uh like stretching for some uh, balls in the dirt or uh, balls wide of first base so I actually do think that Bobby Bradley is a decent defender at first base and let me check all time Bobby Bradley position he has only ever played first base. In checking minor league since 2014, he has never done anything but first base. So that should answer your question. Uh, and this year, his fielding percentage 991. It's right near, hey. right there near a career high.
0: Knowing the Indians' track record, though, there's not a guarantee he won't end up in the outfield at some point. Just because. <laughs> The Possibly, game in the National League or I just something. don't think
1: he has the the speed either. He's he is definitely not he, a burner on the base paths. He is a big boy. Yeah. Uh, last year he lost a lot of weight, and I think that he thought that that affected him too negatively. So he came in uh, a little bit the other way <laughs> this year. Uh, so, uh, but Bobby Bradley definitely first base only or DH only, but definitely there is an opening now with uh, No Hanley Ramirez. So. Uh, if they, Especially mm-hmm. if they keep Jake Bowers in outfield, uh, you can have a Bobby Bradley with a, a Carlos Santana.
0: And with Carlos Gonzalez not necessarily doing... Yeah,
1: if if they decide to end the Carlos Gonzalez experiment, there's definitely an opening for uh, Bobby Bradley since Bowers can... Then we won't have four left-handed hitting outfielders, and then we can have another room for another left-handed hitting outfield. Other player.
0: Our second question comes from Ghost in the Shell, the I being a one. Once again, uh, all the relievers the Indians have recently traded for, drafted and developed, have profiles of varying velocity and good secondary stuff, but with unorthodox deliveries. He points out Oliver Perez, Karen Jack, Nick Sandlin, uh, Broom, Scott, and Simber. So he wants to know, do you think the front office has noticed a trend and is experimenting throughout the system in order to create a batch of relievers with low release points?
1: Well, out of the low release points of all those players mentioned, the only ones that actually have lower release points is more uh, Sandlin, Broom, and Simber. Uh, Simber, I mean, is straight up submarine. And I'd say out of all those... Sandlin is a little bit more. He throws at multiple arm angles, so he'll throw 3 quarter slot. He'll go sidearm, uh, and Sandlin throws the hardest out of the three of those. I mean, he can hit mid-90s. Um, Broom throws a little bit harder than Simber, but he's also uh, a pretty strict sidearmor. Not quite as submarine as Simber, but definitely uh, a very different look. And then obviously Simber throws the softest, but I mean he can have fastball that moves up because he wings it from the almost the dirt. So uh, I think the Indians definitely are have seen something where just those X different looks that they can give hitters, uh, they're definitely experimenting with that. And I would not be shocked to have, see the Indians with multiple relievers that uh, have different arm angles. So not just Simber. Simber's been great this year for the most part, and I definitely expect uh, a Robert Broom or Nick Sandlin to be on the Indians roster, especially Sandlin at some point this year. And, And Sandlin should definitely give a different look.
0: With someone like Karen Shack that throws high 90s, too, coming through the pipeline, and then you think about someone like Tyler Clippard that we have on the roster right now, who's high 80s, low 90s for the most part, and is not a strikeout guy. He very much relies on a weak contact. Like even that differentiation, I think, could be. It is possible that they're trying to find as many different prototype relievers as they can. It's stuff them all in the same pen, so that way you never get two guys that look the same at the end of a game,
1: which is kind of cool. Definitely, and and which has been great because. You know, heading into the season, I think the bullpen was one of the biggest question marks for the Indians, and the bullpen has actually been very good. Uh, but I mean, if you can keep making it better, like replace on Neil Ramirez with the James Karen check, uh, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> so uh, they've got Tyler Clippert on there now, and clippert has been looking good, and I think he's he's a guy that you can trust in and late-game situations as well. So it seems like right now the Indians have multiple options of relievers that they can trust in tight situations. I think there's there's probably about four or five guys that I wouldn't mind throwing in there right now. So.
0: <laughs> What's funny is I can remember like last season talking about who was the last reliever the Indians developed, and it was probably Cody yep. Allen. We were like, when are they ever going to find somebody? And now they've and now got a we're... ton. Yeah. <laughs> Six months later, there's five guys well, we're talking about that are like
1: three of them were major guys league they future. drafted like last season, so or or in the last two seasons. So, uh, they they've definitely had some really good success. And there's a couple more guys that aren't that aren't in the mix right now, but could be like Henry Martinez. I thought for sure was going to be helping the Indians in the bullpen. And he's really been struggling a little bit at AAA, but I mean, this guy hits about a hundred miles an hour or two out of the pen, and he can be pretty filthy when he's on. So he's another guy to keep an eye out for if he can, you know, settle in and get more consistent. But I mean, he was nasty last year, so I'm really hoping that he can because he was he was good in spring training and. He would be another guy that would give us more different looks. But at this point, out of Columbus... Bring
0: back the nastiness. Yeah,
1: at this point, it's definitely uh, Karen Check right now that has the best chance. And I would like to answer a question that nobody asked, but after <laughs> Cody Anderson's <laughs> dumpster fire performance, who could the Indians use uh, out of the minor leagues to be that number five starter right now? It's Jeffrey Rodriguez. I think I know where you're going great, with this. Right? Jeffrey Rodriguez has been an animal. And I am still on the Zach Plasek train. <laughs> Do it, <laughs> Indians. Grow some testicles. Uh, I know he's in double A, but he has, like, everything has looked good. His strikeout rates up, his velocity's up. Um, he's consistently going six innings of one run or shutout ball. Uh, he's honestly ready for a promotion to triple-A at this point. Uh, It looks like it. So uh, why not just go straight to Cleveland? I guarantee he will do better than Cody Allen's two-thirds of an inning, Uh, and the bullpen will have a little bit more. Uh, But the only other option right now is to hope that Adam Pletko turns things around at at this point. But I really think uh, give Zach Playsack a chance. I am on Team Playsack, baby.
0: And as well as he's pitching, it seems inevitable that he's going to end up on the 40-man eventually. And with the starting pitching situation the way it is, you might as well give a few guys a look, especially with Anderson proving that he may not remember how to strike people out or get outs at all.
1: He was never a real big-time strikeout guy. He just added some velocity, like, uh, after the Indians first promoted him, and, and then he hurt himself. So, uh, I mean, he's he's only made a couple appearances since two thousand what sixteen. So, let's let's pull the, the brakes a little bit on the Cody Anderson experiment. I know he's been with the system for a long time, but let's let's give Zach Playsick a shot, guys.
0: I believe that brings us to the end of this week's edition of Indians on Deck. Brian, thank you once again. Thank you. And everyone, have an excellent week. And if you think of a name for us to call the section where we follow players week to week that are outside the top 10, because that can't be the title, please let us know.